right, let's take our Bibles tonight. We'll go to the book of Matthew, chapter 13. Matthew, chapter 13. We're going to look at a parable that Jesus told, maybe one of the more, maybe one of the most uh, famous or familiar parables that Jesus told. And uh, as we read this tonight and just look through this, if you remember over, over the past several months, I haven't consistently done this, but there have been several times on a Wednesday that we've just spent some time discussing the issue of being a witness for Christ and telling others uh, about the lost. And, and tonight I want to just take some time and kind of examine uh, a parable that Jesus told, the parable of the sower and the seed, and learn some lessons from it about uh, evangelism and how we can try to reach other people, all right? So Matthew chapter 13, and if you're there, let's stand together as we read beginning in verse number 3, all right? The Bible says here, Matthew three verse or 13, verse 3, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell on st upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now he's going to have some interaction with his disciples about this, but he's going to explain to them that parable beginning in verse number 18. So let's look down to verse number 18. He says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Thank you for standing. You can be seated tonight. As I said, this is a familiar parable probably to most of us, so we've read this. It's, it's one of the parables of Jesus. You know, some of them, uh, when you read them, you, you kind of have to scratch your head and really think about it a little bit, but this one's actually pretty easy for us to understand, primarily because Jesus explains it and tells us exactly what he meant when he gave this parable. And he's speaking to a group of people. If we uh, look at the first verse of chapter 13, it says, this, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered uh, together unto him. And so we, we have a, a great multitude of people that he's speaking to, and he's speaking to them 
in parables. And a parable, I know most of us are familiar with this, but a parable is simply a story that illustrates a point. And as he's telling them these parables, he's teaching them spiritual truth, but in a way that someone who maybe is not spiritual in their understanding is going to miss uh, what the point of this is. It's actually somewhat ironic that in this passage of Scripture, he's speaking about people and their spiritual condition. He's addressing the hearts of the people. But most of those who are hearing him have no idea what he's talking about. And, and it, while he's speaking to people about their lack of understanding, essentially, the lesson that he is teaching is not primarily for them, but rather for his disciples. Because when he goes to explain this issue to his disciples, notice what he says in verse number 19. He says, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom. So what is he talking about when he's using this illustration of sowing seed or planting seed? He's talking about the preaching of the word of God. This was something that the, the disciples were, were called to do. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 3, that, that, that Jesus appointed twelve that they should be with Him and that He might send them forth to preach. The very purpose of Jesus appointing the twelve disciples, those that would become the apostles, was that He would send them forth to preach. And now He's telling them, listen, as you preach the Word of God, the seed of the Word of God, the Word of the Kingdom is going to go forth and it's going to fall on hearts and you need to recognize that not everyone is going to receive it in the same way. Now as we consider the issue of preaching the Word, I understand that not everyone here has a specific calling on your life to be a preacher of the word in the sense like I'm doing now standing behind a, a pulpit and proclaiming thus saith the Lord uh, uh, to, to God's people. But all of us as children of God have a mandate, do we not, to preach the gospel to every creature? And in that sense we are all preachers. But we need to recognize and understand that as we obey the Lord in preaching the word, that not everyone is going to receive it in the same way. And so tonight, as, as we evangelists, preachers of the Word of God, consider this issue, this, this commandment that God has given to us, I want to learn some things from this parable that Jesus taught His disciples. And the first issue that I want to point out to you is the problem of the fields. The problem of the fields. Look what He says in verse number 3 or verse 4 rather, it says, And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. Verse 5, Some fell upon stony places. Verse 7, And some fell among thorns. Verse 8, But other fell into good ground. So right away, we, uh, we're introduced to this, this sower, this farmer, that most of us would probably say was not the most successful farmer in the world. Maybe not even the most efficient in his labors, and not even perhaps the most intelligent farmer. I mean, what kind of farmer goes out and takes seed that he has labored to harvest or has paid money to purchase and takes that seed and just indiscriminately throws it out on the ground, even in places where it has very little or no chance of ever producing any real harvest? 
that's not necessarily the greatest farmer. However, this is what we are commanded to do, is it not? To go and to carry the, the seed of the Word of God to people. And now we find that this man has gone out, he's taken the seed that he has, and he's distributed it to the, to the ground in hopes that there will be a harvest someday. But not all of that seed makes it into ground that's actually going to produce anything. In fact, out of the four distinct types of fields that are presented here, only one of them actually produces lasting fruit. Three out of the four leave the farmer with disappointing results. Now there is actually a very important lesson in that for you and for me. Because as we go about doing what the Lord has commanded us to do and sowing the seed of the Word of God and sharing the Gospel with people in telling others of what Christ has done for us and what He can do for them, the reality is that not everyone who hears us will bring forth fruit. Not everyone will be saved. In fact, in this case, the majority of the hearers were not. And it can be discouraging at times, can it not? When we go with the, the Word of God and, and, and we, we take the message that God has given to us and we try and present it to people and it seems like some, many, or maybe most of the people that we try to talk to about the Gospel have very little interest in it and really we don't see much fruit from our efforts. Can that not be a discouraging thing? The reality is the hearts of men have always had issues and problems. And from the very beginning, even back in the time of Jesus and His ministry and the time of the apostles, it wasn't as though everyone who heard was going to be saved. And sometimes I think we get this idea in our mind that we're just living in a day and age where uh, things are harder than they used to be and, you know, it used to be, you read the book of Acts, and man, these great movings of the Lord, uh, we see them taking place, and now we don't seem to see as much. And so it must just be that people are harder, people are colder now, and it's more difficult. No, Jesus said three out of the four, there wasn't much to it. By the way, it never says, but I kind of get the idea that it may not even be that the good ground made up the majority of the, uh, of the land that, that receives seed. In other words, it may be that the, the, um, the amount of ground that was actually good soil may have been much smaller than the other types of soil. We don't know. But I want to just look at this for a moment and, and see that the things that Jesus and the disciples faced were actually very similar to what we face today. Notice what he said in verse number 3. I'm sorry, verse 4. And when he had sowed... Some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Verse number 19 says, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. So this type of ground, uh, known as the wayside ground, this is the cold-hearted person. The wayside was a, a, a part of the... Uh, the fields, usually a pathway between fields where people could access from one to another. It was a roadway, a pathway where the ground had been compacted 
over time, because it had been traveled over and over and over to where the, hard, the, the, the ground was so hard that seed could never penetrate and make its way down into the heart or into the ground. And so when seed would fall on the wayside, that was just food for the birds because it never made its way into soft ground. It just sat there on the top and then it was carried away. Jesus said that this is the wayside heart. You know, can I tell you that I believe that there are many people in the world today, especially in religious circles and in churches, who, because the the, the path has been traveled over so much, they've heard the Word of God over and over and over and over again, that the ground of their heart is actually compacted. They're cold-hearted to the things of God. When you try and tell them about their need, you try and witness to them, you try and, 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 and help them to see their condition before the Lord, it's like there's just this hard-heartedness and an indifference about the gospel. They don't care. They don't see their problem, and they're unconcerned about their condition. It's the wayside heart. You ever dealt with someone like that? It seems like sometimes that that's the majority of people that I talk to. You know, they, oh yeah, they, they, they can, they've heard the gospel before. They've been exposed to it. They know essentially what the Bible says. They're okay. It's the wayside heart. You know, maybe you pass them a track. You try and give them your testimony. You try and witness to them. And you know that within a few minutes of that interaction, most likely they'll forget all about it and never remember it again the rest of their life. Now, that may not always be the case, but sometimes it feels that way. There are the cold-hearted. Secondly, there's the comfort-seeking. Look at verse number 5. It says, Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith, forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth, and when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Who are those? Verse number 20 says, But he that receives seed into the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it, yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. Boy, I'll tell you, this one is discouraging for me. The person that when you, when you first try and give them the gospel, it seems like they received it. I mean, they were excited about it. I mean, with joy, they received it. And you started to see some glimmer of hope there. Maybe they even made a profession of faith. And maybe for a a period of time, it looked like, boy, God is really working in their life. And then something happens. A trial enters the picture, or, or someone says something, they get offended. Next thing you know, they're just gone. They're not around anymore. They're the, they're the comfort-seeking. They're the ones that are there. You know, when you present to them all the good things that Jesus has to offer them, they're excited about that. But when they're really faced with the test of true discipleship and what it means to be a Christian and some of the hardships that a Christian might face in their life, they're just gone. They're nowhere to be found. Jesus dealt with that too. Do you not remember the statement that after this, that many of his disciples walked no more with him? Jesus turned even to his disciples and said, Will ye also go away? There were several times in Jesus' ministry where multitudes of people were following him and he would tell them about the cost of discipleship and all of a sudden the crowd size shrank a little bit. Because there are people out there that they're not opposed to the gospel. They're not opposed to the truth. 
but they're really just in it for their own interests. And when the way gets a little bit difficult, they're gone. There's the cold-hearted, there's the comfort-seeking, and then there are the confused. Look at this, verse number 7, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. He said in verse 22, He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. For those of you who are gardeners out there, you know that when you plant something in the ground, if you want a good harvest, you've got to keep that area weeded, right? Because weeds spring up and they will starve the plant for nutrients and water. They'll choke it out. They'll overtake it. They'll overgrow it. And Jesus said that those hearts that he likened to the growing among thorns... He said, when the word is presented to them, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. Now, I think that this is probably an accurate description of most of the people in our world today. And that is, they are confused. They're consumed with all kinds of other things to where they almost can't receive the truth. Have you dealt with people like this? They're overwhelmed with burdens. They're overwhelmed with busyness. They're overstimulated. And their mind is preoccupied with so many other things that the Word of God almost doesn't even have a chance to enter into their mind. They're distracted. Jesus said, this sower, man, the first, first three types of ground, things didn't turn out too well. He came across the cold-hearted and the comfort-seeking and the confused. But then he talked about that fourth kind of ground, that good ground, and that was the ground that received the seed and brought forth fruit. Verse 8, but other fell onto good ground and brought forth fruit, some in hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. It wasn't all the exact same harvest, but I'm thankful that there were still some hearts that were ready to receive truth. Friend, can I tell you tonight, I am convinced that even though we deal with a lot of cold-hearted people, and we deal with a lot of confused people, and we deal with the occasional comfort-seeking people, I'm thankful that there are some committed people out there. I'm thankful that there are some who are seeking truth and are looking for something. I think in the Bible of people like Cornelius that was seeking after God, and God sent to him Peter. Or the Ethiopian man that was headed home after coming to Jerusalem to worship and God sent to him Philip. And there are still people even today that God might bring across your path or my path that are seeking God or seeking truth, looking for something. And it might just be that God would send us looking for them or send us to find them as we go forth to sow our seed. And so in the next couple of moments, I just want to 
point out to you not only the problem of the fields, but the persistence of the farmer. Because I want to show you this, that first of all, verse 3 says that a sower went forth to sow. Verse 4, when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. Verse 5, some fell in stony places. Verse 7, some fell among thorns. Verse 8, but other fell into good ground. I'm thankful that the sower continued to sow the seed. And can I say to you tonight that we might have a lot of reason to be discouraged in our efforts of trying to reach people with the gospel because it seems like people aren't listening. People aren't receiving. We're not seeing the fruit that we want to see. And it would be easy for us to say, people are cold-hearted, people are confused, people are comfort-seeking, nobody's really interested anymore, so I'm just going to give up. But the fourth kind of ground, the last one that Jesus mentioned, was the ground that brought forth fruit, and the farmer had to be persistent in sowing. Can I encourage you tonight, Christian friend, to be persistent in sowing the seed. Don't allow the negative, don't allow the, the bad types of soil, the problems of the field, if you will, to cause you to quit doing what God's called you to do. Keep going after the lost. Keep sowing the seed. God's commanded it. God's called you to it. By the way, this farmer wasn't too busy analyzing the different types of soil. He didn't look at the ground and say, well, that stuff over there, that looks like it's hard ground. That's wayside soil. I'm not going to waste my seed there. And, and that over there, that's all thorny. And until that's weeded, it's not even worth trying to put seed down there. See that over there? That's covered in, in, in stones. And, and so I'm not even going to bother there. I'm going to put all my effort and all my time into the good ground. Now, to us, that would seem to make sense. How many of you have figured out that not everything that God has called us to do makes a lot of sense to us? See, the reality is, you and I might think we know what type of soil a person's heart is, but we don't know. God does. And so our job isn't to go out and inspect the fields and say, oh, I don't think that person wants to hear. Ah, I don't think that they're real sincere. I'm going to save my time. I'm going to save my effort for those who are really obviously seeking truth. No, no, no. That's not how this works. That's not at all how this works. We are told to take the gospel to every creature in the world. We're to go and sow the seed and sow the seed and sow the seed and let God deal with the soil of the hearts. There was a time... I was uh, in South Korea. We, were, uh, we had organized an outreach for the Asian Games that were taking place in 2014 in Incheon, uh, South Korea. And uh, we were there, and uh, I, I was in a, a part of the city uh, known as Itaewon, actually in Seoul, uh, down by kind of where the military bases are and things. It's a very international area. And so I had a bunch of gospel tracks with me. I had some Korean. I had probably... 40 or 50 other languages with me, uh, and uh, as I'm there in Itaewon, I'm trying to pass out tracts to people. If I can see that they're uh, from different parts of the world, I, I might try to ask them where they're from and get them a tract in their language. I saw a guy who was, he came walking toward me, 
this man was in full Muslim garb. He's walking toward me. I saw him and I thought, best guess, I think he's probably an Arabic speaker. I looked in my bag. I found an Arabic gospel track. It was a chick track. This was your life. And as he walked closer to me, I saw his face. He looked angry. He looked like he just, he didn't want to talk to anyone. And I just had a feeling he probably didn't want to talk to a Christian about Jesus. Okay? As he's walking toward me, something in me just kind of pulled back. And I turned and I passed the track to someone else and he walked on past me. And it was like the Holy Spirit just smote me. You coward. And so now, instead of just handing a track to this guy who's walking past me, I'm trying to chase him down, you know, sir. Tap him on the shoulder. And he turned around. Man, he, the look on his face, he just looked like, I thought he was going to hit me. I mean, he was angry. I said, can I please give this to you? He took the track. He started to flip through it. And his entire countenance changed. And he said, do you have time to talk? We spent the next hour and a half in a coffee shop talking about life and family and Christ. And I'm telling you, this is one of the best witnessing opportunities I've ever had with anyone. He was open and receptive and he listened. Now, he didn't get saved that day. And I don't know what happened to him from that point forward. I, 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 never, I never saw him again. I'm hoping one day I'll see him in heaven. But I'll tell you this, when we went to leave, I asked him if I could pray with him. He agreed. I put my hand on his shoulder. I prayed with him. And when I said amen and looked up, he had tears streaming down his face. I said, what's wrong? He said, in my whole life, I've never felt as loved as I feel right now. You just never know. I could have looked at that and said, that's not good ground. He's not interested. I did look at it like that. But God provided a tremendous opportunity to plant a seed. I'm just saying the farmer didn't analyze the soil. He didn't become discouraged when the seed didn't fall where he had hoped it would fall. He just kept doing the job that God had given him to do. And he went out and he sowed his seed. Can I encourage you not to get discouraged when things don't pan out the way you want, well, I just am not seeing the results that I'd like. People aren't responding the way that I would like. doesn't matter. Just keep sowing the seed. Just sow the seed. Because there is also a promise to the faithful. And here is that promise. There is still good soil out there. And one day, there will come a harvest if we're simply faithful to sow the seed. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 9. What does it tell us? It says, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Psalm 126 tells us that he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And it may feel, Christian friend, 
it may feel as though it's a lost cause trying to be faithful in our witness. But your labor's not in vain in the Lord. There will come a harvest someday. But can I encourage you and challenge you in one thing? Let's go over to the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. That there will never be a harvest without sowing. No farmer has ever been able to enjoy the benefits of reaping a harvest if he didn't first go to the work of preparing soil and planting seed. And if we want to see people come to Christ, we want to see fruit for our labor, we must be faithful in sowing seed. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then it asks this question, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Verse 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Friend, Keep sowing the seed. Keep sowing the seed. Just be faithful. Even if you're not seeing the results you want, don't give up. Keep giving the gospel. Keep being a witness. Look for opportunities. Don't look for the soil. Don't, don't think, well, who's a better candidate here? No, no, no. Just sow the seed and trust God. Be faithful to witness and trust God to bring about the harvest.